What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome in to Bagging and Bragging, episode number 10, double digits. Let's go. We're all grown we, up. We are in double digits. I feel like we're almost teenagers now. <laughs> we got a pretty good show for you guys today, though. We're going to bring on Rosie Streaker to kind of go over her mindset and how things have changed and what she's got going on to get herself to the Super Bowl um, that she just took on Cheyenne Renner out in uh, Glendale, Arizona and talk a little bit about things that we got going on in our personal lives. So I got some bragging to be doing in a little bit. I'm excited for it. And then also a little bit later, no highlights because we're all caught up on the highlight reels as we head into Winter Haven for open number eight. But we got something a little bit better for you. Mindset with Mish to help you guys improve your game and get you where you need to be. Mish, what up? How you doing? Doing pretty good. Can't complain today. Yeah, I, I tried. It's not working, so I think I'm gonna go the other route, and we're gonna we're gonna fake it. You're not allowed. Make it. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to complain. <laughs> yeah, it's actually nice outside, so I'm thinking about maybe taking a step outside first time in probably two or three days. Um, what? Yeah, I've, I've no been, wonder I've been you are faking it. You know, you have to be out in the sun. It is like a crucial thing for happiness is to go outside, even if it's just for like five minutes. Yeah, I was actually, I, I don't know, TikTok's like trying to tell me something. I'm getting a lot of these uh, 75 hard TikToks lately. It's trending on my profile for some reason. My algorithm says, hey, get off your ass and go do things. So, Good. yeah, I, I've uh, decided I woke up, I made the bed. I listened to the that general YouTube video that I always do about how to start your day and how to change the world one little thing at a time. So first steps, make your bed. Second step is, you know, accomplish something and basically keep going. So. Yeah, I'm gonna go outside today. Go for add outside to that, that repertoire I, I am. that you I'm have. I'm going outside. It's gonna be exciting. I'm gonna like walk out sunglasses and a hoodie and cover myself up. But is it like super cold? No, it's it's actually pretty nice. Out. It's like in the fifties, I think. So. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I was saying, well, yesterday it was like seventy something degrees here. It was so hot. Like, what is happening right now? But a big storms coming, so I'm going back to the cold, which I prefer. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Now, what it is, it's that weighted blanket. Uh, I'm telling you, that, that body pillow weighted blanket combination, it's, it's, it's divine. It's divine. It's divine. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's great when you're sleeping, but when you're awake, you need to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and we're going we're gonna to implement it. We're going to start going. I got to take the trash out. That's the only reason we're going outside. So we're walking oh my across goodness. the street. But no, I'm going to walk across. That's the only reason. I'm going to walk across over to the gym and kind of get a session in real quick and make sure that I start putting those in every single day as well. Um, going to book all my flights for the rest of the year, so we're going to get organized. Um, I'm actually going to pack today for my flight Thursday, so that way I'm packed two wow, days ahead of time. two days ahead. 2023, Wally. Things are changing, me. <laughs> 2023, Wally. It's the, almost the end of February, by the way. Uh, yeah, um, whenever I say 2023 20, Wally, I get the whole year to become the person I want to be. So Even if it's December, to, it's fine. Even if it's December 30th, <laughs> I, I've done it. So, yeah. All right. I mean, that that sounds good. I like to wake up and, um, well, I have to wake up and take rum to school. But as soon as I get back, I, my automatic thing is I get on my Peloton. I'm obsessed with Cody Rigsby. If you get a Peloton bike, you have to work out with Cody Rigsby. Yesterday, wait for it. All in sync playlist. Oh my god, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched. This is the end. At the very end, they had. Uh, I think it was Backstreet Boys, and I was like, "You get one wish in heaven. Like that's a pretty epic wish to have a dance party up in heaven." <laughs> <The> <laughs> Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. I mean, it brought me back to. Um, well, man, in sync. I guess I was. 
that's more like ninth grade, I feel like, for me, where I was on like... on the time machine here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember if that was middle school or high school. But, uh, oh, man, I loved NSYNC. I guess it was kind of a mixture of middle school and high school. But it just, it just like, transplanted me, transplanted me back there. Cody Rigsby is so much fun. He's dancing on the bike, and I'm dancing on the bike by myself. And I just I love do. it. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm not going to participate in the Peloton because I don't have $2 million to shut out. $2 million, It's literally bikes. like, it's it's so silly because it's it's free financing. So it's like, I could have bought it, but then it's like, well, or do you want to pay it over 12 months for 0% APR? Sure. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, so it's like 100 no. something bucks a month. No, I'm actually uh, saving up because I think uh, when my mom gets back from Panama, um, we're going to go look at a truck. I think we're going to... Oh. I think we're going to be looking at a vehicle to kind of get these travels down. I got booked for a gig out in Wyoming. Somebody wants to book me for South Carolina. Um, so we're starting to travel the country. And if I have to drive like I did to North Dakota, I need to have a reliable vehicle. So That's we're going to try and put something together. Yeah, 41 years old, relying on my mama's credit score. <laughs> hey, it's totally fine. <laughs> on that note, we're going to take yeah. a quick break. And we'll be back with, to find out what Wally has to brag about right after this. All right, Wally, you got something to brag about? Well, I want to hear it. I got a lot of things to brag about. Ooh, a lot um, of things to brag about. All first right. thing, you might be able to kind of touch base a little bit on this, but I think I have just booked the best looking, best form, best technique cornhole partner for Spencer McKenzie. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I would have to agree with that. It's not me, by the way. Yeah, Nicholas Thompson and myself, we're going to go. I got down on one knee. I proposed to him a while back. He it's probably forgot. Yeah, he probably forgot, but then uh, he did not forget. It's been reminded. So he told yeah. me. He said, uh, as, "I don't know what we were talking about with Spencer's," and I was saying something, and he's like, "Well, I'm already playing with Wally." He asked me already, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." That was like what a year ago. <laughs> yeah. So I asked Trey what the schedules look like for the rest of the year for me because I knew we got the uh, Canadian Open. I think there's Europe in there, and th there's the shootouts kind of spread apart. And I wasn't part of the Glendale one. I kind of missed out on those um, shootout finals. So I was kind of, you know, FOMO for real. And I was just wanting to make sure that we're on the same page with our schedule. And he threw Spencer McKenzie on there this year because I wasn't part of the, your guys' whole production last year. And I'm like, uh-oh. You know, I've already committed to throwing with Nick. And I'm like, there's really not too much that's going to be there where we can't have a multiple, like, commentator shift type thing to cover me yeah. when I play. Um, so I just wanted to confirm with him that it was okay for me to go out there and play in Spencer's. I mean, it's, it's an awesome environment. If you guys and haven't I can been cover to Spencer's, you too, by the way. Yeah. So, so I figured I Bernie will be there. Jeff will be there. Trey, um, we'll have the whole squad there, I think. So I think it'll be kind of fun to, um, mix the best tournament with the best, you know, content team and just have fun with it. So I got the approval to go ahead and play with Nick and Yay! I'm excited. We're ready to roll and. I think we're on the same page too. I mean, sounds like everybody in the country right now is on the sorcerer. So they're on a sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, it makes it easy for me. Absolutely. I, I actually had a, a guy yesterday who was like, Hey, you know, you, you have any sort of sorcerers left? I got one set left, man. I mean, I mean, I wasn't planning on getting rid of it and he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I was like, Okay, I'll try forty five minutes to meet you and give you the set of sorcerers. So Oh, sweet. I'm down to my final set, unfortunately. So hopefully I don't come across anybody else who's throwing the K9 Sorcerers in competition. I'll have to switch bags. But, yeah, I'm excited to break them in and get them going. We have a few. I think we have four. <laughs> <laughs> it, has to, it has to have the logo on there. I mean, it, get, it improves the PPR by two whole points. 
That's what they this say. That's what this the people facts. say. <laughs> All, All right. What else are you bragging about? We're going to my next one. All right. Yeah. So uh, I told you I haven't been throwing much. Threw in Winter Haven. Got the blind draw. We kind of went over that. Went and played in some tournaments. Um, I played in one other tournament since then. I wasn't really feeling it. Played in a cash game. Won that one. Felt good about it. Decided to head over to the regional. Uh-oh. Shut up. You won? Comp yes. doubles. Let's go. So, no yeah, first volley. place. We, we did We did rounders. And uh, it was kind of rough. All right. So, the very, very first game, 4.43 PPR. You just, threw a 4.43? Yeah. Oh, just geez. not feeling it. Oh, not my. Feeling it. And it, it did get ugly kind of quick. We were throwing the K9 collab Samurais. So okay. a little bit slower than the Sorcerers, so not exactly what I've been used to. Boards were kind of sticky a little bit at the beginning of the day, and my opponent and I, we just played the same style of game. It was just ugly. So missed airmails, missed pushes, uh, PPR stayed down. And we went 0-1, and then the very next game, we had to play a team that was um, undefeated. So we ended up playing an undefeated team, even though we lost our first game because we were just on that bubble. So mm-hmm. we went 0-2. Or no, sorry. We, we won the next one, then we lost the, the next one because we played Zach, the Rocket Ingleton, mm-hmm. and um, Christian Brown. So we played two pros. They were undefeated, and we were 1-1. One one. We're like, this isn't Why fair. were they in comp? Well, it's rounders. Oh, so you guys just do like yeah. open rounders yeah. into the divisions. Yeah, so we're like, okay, we're just we happy. And like we got blown out, so I'm like, we're not at the top of the one and ones, you know what I mean? We shouldn't play a two and oh, so it was kind of weird how it broke down. Whatever, it's the, it's the software, it just kind of did what it, its thing. And then our very next match, we had to play Johnny Cox and Zane Brown, who are oh, you know, Johnny's a former pro, and then yeah. Zane Brown's pro caliber. And we're like, what the hell's going on? Why are you what guys one happening? And two? Yeah, they're like, no, we're legit one and two. I'm like, why are you one and two? Like, stay out of my loser section. This is where I belong. <laughs> you get out of here. Yeah, so we went one and three, and it was just rough. I mean, we, three out of the four teams we played to start were just really, really good. Um, and then myself and my partner, Brian Corder, shout out to him. You, you might have seen an announcement made that he is going to be doing articles for 27 Feet the Magazine, so kind of bragging on him as well. Cool. Um, hey, where's our graphic, by the way, Mish? What's wrong with you? You deleted it. <laughs> no, bragging. Oh, I did. No, we be bragging there. Oh, it's just mislabeled. Okay. Yeah, I did. It, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, back, to the, back to the tournament. Yeah, Bryant and I, we actually played some really tough teams in uh, Tier 3. So, we're you know, we're like, you know, man, it would have been a lot easier to drop down to Tier 4. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. But uh, we, we almost lost the first team that I threw a 4.4 against. I stepped my game up a little bit. We switched partners, so who we were playing against, and uh, both our games kind of improved. We stayed on the winner's side, um, and we just went on a tear. We, we started throwing lights out. We got to the championship match, and my partner, Bryant, I want to say he threw like over a 10 and point something PPR. Oh. He was... Like there's times where we're winning like 16 to four. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think you should do the bag's already in the air. He's just throwing a short (laughs) airmail drag, hitting his other one, knocking the opponents out of the way. I'm like, just whatever you want to do, man, you're on fire (laughs) right now. So yeah, he, he basically carried me in the championship, but I threw well enough on my end to earn it. And we had some tough opponents, but there you go. Second regional championship in five years. I don't care what tier it's in. I'll take it. I've never had one, so you got me beat. <laughs> I'll give it to you. 
What'd you say? I said, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the trophy. (laughs) No, I need to earn it. (laughs) Hey, I played like out of my mind the other day because we went down to this place. That's about an hour and 40 minutes from here. Um, Our friends, Jojo and JD run it, but we've never gone. Our Nick's gone once, but I've never gone because it's a bit of a trek. Oh, this was Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh so i don't know any of these players you know how like when you go to when you play at your own local place you know everyone's skills you're like ooh, i gotta play against this person that's you know what i mean like i had no concept of who anybody was so i'm just walking up the boards blind like i don't know i'm just throwing and in the rounders i threw okay nothing great um and then i got that spot where i get the number one so i was 21 it was 20 21 and one so i got the best person and it was this guy, Ross, and everyone's telling me, oh, this guy, Ross, he's so good. He, like, never misses. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, I have yeah. to get this. Be, I'm going to let him down. <laughs> and um, so I'm just like, you know what? Nobody knows me here. No one knows my skill. I'm a girl, so they're automatically going to think I'm not good. Um, so, like, it's kind of all playing in my favor. And we get up. And I'm th- everyone I'm throwing against is throwing, like, nines, tens, like, I, I am like throwing the best I could ever throw. I think the first game I threw a 7.7, which is crazy for me. Nice. I'm normally a 5.6. <laughs> and then and then the next game. Do you game feel I like people seven. expect more out of us because we're big names in the cornhole industry? I don't know. I don't expect anybody to know who I am. I mean, but they people know who you are though, don't they? I mean, like when you go to play at these tournaments. Oh, so for me, everyone's know. like, everyone's, I've even had people come up to me and be like, I thought you were better than that. <laughs> okay, no one's ever said that to me before. Jeez, <laughs> I did have a couple people say, like, I love your podcast. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, But I I, uh, I don't expect them to know who I am yeah. when I walk up to the boards. And I don't think so. I always talk about what I throw. I'm a 5'6". Like, that's yeah. what I throw. Um, so I was like, dang, I threw the best I could throw. Like, I'm not even mad. Like, so we won our first one. We lost our second one, but it was like 1921. So we almost won. But the teams we played against were like lights out, like crazy. And I'm like, dude, I can only throw so good. This is the best I can throw. I just can't compete with this. Yeah. And he was so nice, Ross. He was like, no, you do great. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and like afterwards we're like walking out he's like by the way i really like your podcast i'm like oh my god he knows who i am this is even worse <laughs> well shout out to ross <laughs> shout out for thanks for carrying me to uh the as far as we got we hope we would have gotten farther but man everybody was throwing so so well so yeah i do gotta say the bug is back though i'm Good. officially wanting to get back into cornhole i'm gonna Clean the house a little bit and set up the boards. And even though it's only 25 and a half feet, I think I'm just going to start throwing on a regular basis just to do just to do even a deck around a day or something like that. Yeah, no, I think that's great. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with a rosy streaker. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back. We are here for our interview with Rosie Streaker. Super excited to have you, Rosie. Uh, You obviously uh, had an amazing uh, showing to get yourself all the way to the final uh, shootout for number one. I know you've got this second place streak. So my first question for you is just, what are we going to do to break this streak? You got to get that number one. Yeah, I just got to come out strong that first shootout because I don't want to start with a lot of second places for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Did you feel like what was your comfort level when you walked out there in Arizona? So I 
felt very confident going into the game. Um, I had thrown a bunch with Cheyenne during warmups, and then I just watched her throw not her best in Super Bowl. So I thought, okay, like <laughs> this might be a lot easier than I thought. And then as I was doing warmups, I was like, wow, I'm feeling kind of tired, but I was like, the adrenaline will get going. I'll like be excited and go through it. So as I went out to the boards, I was feeling excited. And then the boards were just a little bit tackier. And I, that's honestly my hardest thing in the game is making those adjustments. Like, okay, the board's a little tackier. Here's what I need to do to be consistent. And it mm -hmm. just takes me a little bit longer and it cannot take a little bit longer in those 10 round games to make those adjustments. Now, are you the type of player that goes to the court with a couple different bags, four different types of conditions, or do you kind of adjust your throw? Do you throw harder when it's stickier, or do you switch to like the dark slides or something like that? I just brought sorcerers. I am loving those sorcerers, so I've just been adjusting my throw because they still move well, and the fast side for me isn't too fast. It's a nine, and I can still push through and move with it. So you flip both sides over, use both sides of the bag? Yeah, on the I, a lot of times flip it over. Okay. I didn't during that. I just didn't make that mental adjustment. My brain just didn't go there. Oh, flip your bag over and then the bag will move easily. Yeah. I was wondering, I was wondering that. I mean, you have to remember too, this was at 11.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So that's 1.30 a.m. Rosie Time. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. Do you have that jet lag and that travel you know, delay in your body you just doesn't you know adjust properly? feeling it but the excitement and the energy kind of got me pumped up and excited about it again but i am a go to sleep at 8 p.m kind of a girl <laughs> besides my one league night a week so 1 30 was a little bit later than i was used to but i was still excited and into it but i could feel kind of like the fatigue even though i hadn't played all day it was just like kind of tiring yeah no i could i can relate to that and i wasn't i was the opposite. I'm coming from the West Coast, so I actually got an advantage there on the time. But I'm asleep at eight o'clock too, Rosie. I'm right with you. That's a little bit rough. Um, but talking about those mid-game adjustments, um, it's kind of hard to practice for, I would think. Like, how do you think you could become better at making quick adjustments during the game? So that's more for me. I try not to be in my head as much when I'm playing. I just kind of play and throw, and I just I feels right. I feel used to it. But I think mentally thinking more, even especially in singles, having that time when you can walk down and think, okay, why did my bag kick left a little bit? Oh, it's a little bit stickier. Oh, I should throw a little harder or I can flip the bag over. Just really thinking more about my game as I'm walking down rather than whatever I'm thinking about in my head thinking more about the previous round. Because I'm very, I threw the bags, it's done, move on to the next round, which is very helpful when you have a bad round. But I think I might need to think a little bit more about those rounds as I'm walking. Well, backing up a little bit leading into it, you had Cheyenne's number. I think what the previous two times you played her, you took down both the championships. Was that conference and state, or what was that where you were just on a tear? Yeah, our last two conferences, we've conference, yeah. three matchups um, in the first conference. I knocked her into the loser's bracket and then got her in the first game of the finals. And in the second conference, Sam knocked her into the loser's bracket. So I just let her the one time in the finals. Let's so I see. had the last three games. So, I, I mean, that gave me a boost of confidence, too. Yeah. Do you uh, feel like she made any adjustments between those three matches to the the uh, shootout finals? Or do you think uh, 
just maybe the switching the carpet bag or has she been throwing that out there with you or what, what changed with her game? Um, honestly, I didn't throw good. She didn't really have to do much that final game. She just needed to throw more bags in the hole. Um, with me and women's, she wasn't really throwing the carpet. I know throughout the conference tournament, she was switching her bags, kind of just trying different bags out. But I think she was throwing her regular um, all slides, I believe. Mm -hmm. She told me going into that game that she wasn't feeling super confident or her normal super confident self. Um, and so I was really wondering how that was going to play out. And even though you say you didn't play your best, she still got 16 in a row. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what. Whether or not you're doing whatever you're doing on your side, like someone gets 16 bags in a row, you're like, oh, <laughs> you know. I like how the 16 in a row is not anyone else's best. Like that's my personal high. <laughs> oh, I know, right? That would be incredible. <laughs> uh -huh, 16 in a row. So like, does that weigh into your mind at all when someone gets a bunch of bags in a row like that? Does that change anything mentally or physically for you? Not really, because I try not to focus on as much what someone else is doing and kind of focus more on, like, what I'm doing. So I was more frustrated that I was not getting all of mine in or putting one right in front, and they were just kind of a little bit left of the hole. I was getting a little bit of a bounce because I just wasn't throwing it hard enough. Hmm. Interesting. Now, you say frustrating, and I do wonder, because I, if I really pay attention, will notice when I get frustrated or mad or, so, or really any kind of emotion during a game, there'll be these subtle changes in my body. Like, I might grip the bag a little bit tighter. Like, do you notice any changes when you start to feel some of those, like, frustrations or anger? Um, maybe... If, if I get frustrated, then I'll try to throw my next bag a little bit harder, and then one will go off the back. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a go-to thing for me. So I, then I'm like, okay, just throw it harder. Like you're not, you're strong enough, throw it. And then I'll throw it too hard. So then I'm like, uh, so that kind of makes it worse for me <laughs> at that point. That makes sense. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen Rosie frustrated. I was kind of scrolling through Facebook and looking at all the different people that tag you at these tournaments. And I go, oh, I lost a Rosie again. She's, she's got a, this way of, making me smile when she's kicking my ass and like i don't think i've ever seen you frown or upset or anything like that i mean the mentality that you show at least you portray on the board is amazing and i wish i had that same thought process i feel like it's cornhole it's i mean we played cornhole for fun that's how we all got into it and incredibly lucky that now i get to play it all the time for fun i mean it's really, really lucky. So it's hard to be frustrated doing something that you love doing or like angry. And even, I just hope, I mean, even those matches, I hope that I throw my best. And I also hope that the person I'm playing is throwing well too. Cause you don't, you don't want to blow it. You want everyone to like have a good time still, even at a competitive level. Right. That's yeah. So you, you kind of touch base on it. You, you get to do this now full time. We, uh, Bernie and I kind of talked a little bit about it. Uh, with Samantha on the bracket breakdown yesterday about how, you know, she actually has to go and work a full-time job still. And it, it's, it's hard for a lot of these pros to manage both the personal job and the professional cornhole. So talk about your switch a little bit going into professional cornhole full-time and how it's helped your game. Um, so technically I do get to play cornhole full-time, but, um, we have She's a mom of three. Yeah. <laughs> four. That's easy so stuff. Though. Even if I'm playing cornhole in the backyard, I, 
probably stop every two minutes to stop and get someone a snack or a drink or push someone on a swing real quick before I run down to the other side. So it's not like I get to play play full time. Yeah. But being able to stop teaching has really, really helped with the ability to be able to travel and then still get to be home with the kids a bunch and still give me the opportunities to play and practice where I don't feel guilty going to Thursday night league or don't feel guilty playing Cornell all day, Saturday, Sunday, because I've then spent five days with the kids and I'm not missing out on things with them as much. If I was teaching full time and then trying to play Cornell on the weekends, I don't think it would be fair to them. So it definitely has helped. And I am a player who plays a lot better if I play more consistently. Um, going into the shootout, everyone had just had the stomach flu for two weeks. So I spent 10 days sitting on the couch with kids and didn't mm -hmm. get to practice. So I think I feel more confident when I kind of get to play more consistently. I'm hitting shots and winning tournaments. Um, that helps me out a bunch, but kind of just hanging out doesn't really do much for my game. <laughs> Just playing, playing the game mentally in your head doesn't do it, huh? Yeah. And the mini boards at our house and the behind the couch don't help much either. No, I feel like it makes it worse, honestly, when I play mini boards. You have to adjust your throw so much. But, you know, I would, I would venture to say that having three kids, three young kids is more work than a job in terms of how you're balancing things. I feel like teaching was definitely easier than being home because they're your own kids. So it's, it's just sort of different. <laughs> I think I yelled a lot more at home than I ever did working. <laughs> are they going to get into it? Are you going to force them into it so that way you can have practice buddies? Mason is very into cornhole. He demands that I play mini boards a lot of the time with him. And I have to like talk him into coming out in the backyard to play. Um, he, he'll be five next month and he throws the long distance. He can do the whole thing now. So that's fun. And, and he's very into it. The girls like to stand there to get shot air mills over, or they like to move the bags to different spots on the board. Like I'll put a sticker and they'll put it down. Like if I want to work on blockers in certain spots, so they'll be my little bag placement people, which is pretty fun too. It saves me some walking <laughs> during those times. Okay, I'll, I'll throw more bags. Yeah, shagging bags is the worst part of the game for practice yeah. sessions for me. So that's <laughs> awesome. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. I'm making like I'll be like, hey Rum, can you get me a, a cup of water? Like I just feel like they come in handy, the kids, right? Like <laughs> help you out while you're getting stuff done. Now your practice is outside. Um, yeah, I know you're in Florida. Is there ever a time that you can't practice outside? Um, we're getting into rainy season and it'll rain every day, but it doesn't rain for very long. It's mm. definitely a lot stickier outside here with the humidity. Um, I think that's why I got into fast bags. Um, at in the morning, like midday, it's a lot. The boards will warm up, so it's slicker. So I like to kind of throw in the middle of the day rather than the evening it'll be a lot stickier. So it kind of can practice different conditions based on how the boards are playing that day. Such a luxury though, like to be able to practice like pretty, because I know Florida gets rain, but if it doesn't get rain the whole day, like you still get time. Oh yeah. And it only, it'll rain here for like two hours and then it's fine. Yeah, one of the things for me is like, I was really excited about moving my apartment because they play across the street. They play cornhole outdoor across the street. And then I got my apartment and I have a flat sidewalk right in front. Perfect. But it's just so windy because it's right off of the highway. It blows all my bags just straight down. I'm like, this is terrible. So, yeah, having a practice place is... Getting ready huge. for Spencer's. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be ready for Spencer's for sure. 
<laughs> but uh, let's kind of talk about the kids real quick. The highlight for me at the uh, draft was whenever your kids came out and were excited for you to make the Blue Bear team. So how excited are you to be on the California Slingers, which is Bruce's oh. team. She's already claimed you. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, how excited are your kids about that as well? Yeah, I'm definitely excited about being on the California team. Um, it's funny because we've watched Davis make the logos all along, and that was his first logo he made. And the kids were very excited. And he's very, very much so a perfectionist and critical of his logos. So he asked them, like, what animal is this? And one's like a tiger, and the other's a raccoon. It's clearly <laughs> a bear. But then he went back and perfected it longer for the like hours. And like, if you ask anyone besides, oh, two-year-old they're gonna tell you it's a bear like don't have <laughs> so, that's not, not the best judge <laughs> no. but it was funny so i mean we've definitely i was very partial to the sl um slingers going in so i was excited to be a part of that team well we're so happy awesome. to have you <laughs> we're very happy to have you we love now it to be a california girl <laughs> right cali girl i mean <laughs> You thought your sleep schedule was messed up in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. It's get yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. And by the way, going this way is so much harder because when I travel to Hawaii, oh my God, I cannot get it together there. But when I go to the East Coast, I can like make it happen. Like, so three hours ahead to me is okay, but three hours behind, oh, it's a struggle. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah. yeah, I can kind of see that too, actually, because whenever I go out to Florida or South Carolina, I'm. I'm fine, but California, it's just like, man, it's time to go to bed. That's my like 7.30? All right. Paulie <laughs> <laughs> well, took a lot of naps when he was here. I did. I enjoyed them. <laughs> All right. So when you're playing in your uh, local um, blind draws and things like that, is, do you have a different mentality? Do you look at that just as practice? Are you still trying to win? Are you looking at for a chance to win money? Like, What's your mentality going into those local types of events? Um. Local events, I'm definitely looking at to have, like, a good time. Um, I'm also looking – I like to compete against someone. So in the backyard, I'm not getting that many opportunities to kind of have bags that are blocking and stuff. So I look at that kind of opportunities of how I'm going to play based on someone else's bag placement. And the other part, we've got an awesome group. And so I look at it as, like, um, kind of helping to grow other players, like, in our group. It's fun because we have a group and the like one group will get like really good and then all of a sudden there'll be like a new group and they're like growing and getting really good. So we've got a fun, fun group in Florida. We've got a lot of pros too that play like locally with us. Uh we have Justin Rule, Laurie Miranda, and then Scott Schultz. Um, I say the females out there are stacked. You guys mm -hmm. are you know, I mean you got you got a lot of the girls that I've been seeing on Facebook make posts about, you know. They're, they're excited to go play against you guys. And that's one thing that we're kind of struggling with here in Kansas City. And um, I've seen a little bit on Facebook lately about players not wanting to move up and play that tougher competition. They're kind of afraid to lose, if you will. Whereas yeah. whenever I came in, that's all I had. You know, I wanted to play the best, the best. I went 0-2, stuck around for like three or four hours. But, you know, seeing on Facebook, you know, Jasmine Prevett and Tony, um, what's her last name? Espacito? Zapata. Zapata, yeah. She, she's, you know, they're all basically doing the same thing. They're, they're commenting that they want to play the best of the best, and that they're, you know, they're, they're making strides against you guys. So, kind of talk a little bit about your female competition, not necessarily the pros, but the up and coming talent that you guys have. Um, I absolutely love the up and coming girls. Jasmine's been around for a few years. Um, I met her at conference. I might have been pregnant with Mason. 
and she had just started and she came late to women's because she was nervous and didn't want to play. And she said she didn't want people to talk her into playing. And I was like, the next conference you have to play and I'm going to message you on Facebook and we're now friends. <laughs> and she's come and grown so far, which is just amazing. And it's just, I think the more that you're practicing and playing, I mean, Florida's got stacked girls. Tony's only been playing for a year and she has grown phenomenally. Um, her first big tournament was Battle of the Queens and she's just grown and grown. Um, with her, it was a little bit of getting over the nerves. At our last regional, we play uh, women's singles and I was undefeated every tournament every month. And then Tony knocked me into the loser's bracket on that 21-19 game. <laughs> So go. I mean, she's really growing and she was very, very excited. And I was just as excited for her because it's just fun to like see her grow and see the excitement and like the love of the game, especially with females, because there's not a ton of females in the sport. So yeah, that's how it works, though. You, you, you get your ass kicked for so long and then you get your first big win and you actually find out that the pros that you beat are more happy than you are. I'll never forget yeah. my first big pro victory against Brian Jones. I've I've lost to him like 21 to 2 21 to 1 and then all of a sudden one day it just clicked my blocker was on my push was on and i had a situation where i was like i'm going for this airmail i don't care i hit the airmail i got my points i needed and then he had an unlucky kick the bags clogged and his final shot he couldn't make anything and before i even knew what the score was he just reaches over boom big old bear hug brings me in. he's like you did it man you did it and <laughs> it, it means a lot for for us non you know non-talented players amateurs to you guys. Yeah, amateurs <laughs> yes uh you know beating your pros finally yeah but that's how it has to be because that's how you're gonna grow the sport yeah. and grow the players yeah. absolutely and it kind of takes me back to why i originally asked the question about how you treat those like local events because a lot of people take those ten dollar blind draws as serious as they would any other event and it's not that i mean don't try and don't care and don't be competitive but if you can see it as practice like how can i like can i practice my blockers can i practice my airmails can i practice when the game's close like could you can see it with that mentality that you mentioned how you kind of use it i feel like you'll get so much more out of it absolutely i agree with you honestly sometimes at some of those blind draws i feel more pressure to play better because someone is excited to be your partner. You haven't partnered up and they really want to win their first tournament. And yeah. that's more pressure than sometimes playing <laughs> that singles huge event because like you have this person, all these expectations. <laughs> so like you're supposed to be perfect, right? You're a pro. Yeah. So right. you don't miss. <laughs> Not the case, right? No, I think, I think that it's important to kind of Ha have fun and see those events as as different than a regional or a conference or a, a you know a big event happening um and i think you'll get more out of it but as always rosie it's been awesome to have you on the show and spend some time with you we absolutely adore you and wish you all the luck and no more second place finishes i want to see that first place definitely thanks for having me guys thanks rosie okay. bye rosie bye And now it is time to talk about betting. Now, we don't have any uh, big events coming up until a couple months, but Wally, you said you noticed that some of the lines changed over the past few weeks here. So we're going to go through some of those and see what uh, this changes in terms of who we choose 
first one we're going to start with is man of the year. So let's bring up this graphic. So the smaller one on the left is what it was. And then this is the updated one on the right. So uh, what's kind of uh, sticking out to you in these changes here? Or who who are you going for now? Um, I think I'm kind of staying right where I initially wanted to on this one. Devin Harbaugh, 1,200 steals, one that entices me quite a bit. Um, I, I'm still not really interested in Mark Richards for that. Um, where, where's Kyle Malone? I lost Kyle Malone. Is he on Kyle there? Malone is at 2,500. 25. Okay. And where was he at before? And before he was, where are you, Kyle? He was 3,500. Yeah. So that, that one's the big mover for me. Um, I don't know. What do you feel on that one? Because for me, it's it's really hard to maintain the the trajectory that he's on the entire season. Um, I know. I, I feel like he's his line is changing basically because a lot of people are taking him up on it because of right. his recent success. Um, that's why the odds are going down quite a bit. Um, I still think the money is there. I like the odds for it. Um, I would be interested in it. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think for the most part, I'm staying right where I was normally at with Devin Harbaugh and Ryan Windsor. What so Justin Burton Jr. and Doug Zaft were down there on the previous one. Mm-hmm. I don't see them here now. Yeah, who, um, who kind of falling them? off? They have well. Let's see. We got what Jay Rubin's on there. Dylan Turpin. Dylan Turpin's a new addition at forty five hundred. I don't think I see him there. Oh no, there he was. He was at forty five hundred. Um, like Teacher Herrera was on the first one too, and he's no longer on it. Yeah, I feel like there's a few people that were in there just to kind of entice the betting as far as name recognition goes. I was staying away from those anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, again, whenever we look at these long shots, you can you can place down maybe a $10, $20 bet, something like that, um, to kind of just you know wet your whistle a little bit. But for the most part, as far as going for the home runs, I like to stay near the top of the middle, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the bigger payouts with the people who are... You know, basically, they have the potential to get hot at the end of the season because, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, this basically breaks down into three sections. One, who starts hot. Two, who's getting hot. And then three, who finishes hot. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for who finishes hot as far as this man of the year goes. All right. Let's look at women of the year. Uh, Cheyenne Bubahib did not change. She's still at that minus 350. And a lot of these stayed the same. I, I was trying to see if there mm-hmm. was any difference here. Um, the only one I saw was Rosie Streaker. Uh, was 2,500. Now is 2,000. Yeah, so we we talked to Rosie. Um, I, I don't necessarily think this changes for me. I think I'm still interested in Rosie Same. at plus two thousand. Um, and then th- uh, Sam Finley changed from. Uh, oh no, she's the same. Two thousand. Yeah, she's the same. She's Was the that same the only 2000. change? I guess Rosie's the only change on there. Yeah, I'm actually kind of shocked that they didn't add more ladies onto this. I mean, I don't really know what the pro women field looks like, but. I, I do think that Rosie Streaker was the target point at the very beginning. I'm staying right there. I do have to say, though, I wasn't interested in Cheyenne at the beginning. I'm not sure if a future parlay option is available yet, but I'd keep mm-hmm. an eye out on it if it does become available because then that actually makes me interested in taking Cheyenne. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, and then we got team of the year. Um, so we have the updated ones on the right. Looking for any major changes here. Obviously, the ones at the top are remaining there at the same. Um, so you start to look at the bottom. It looks like uh, Justin Stranger, Jeff Reynolds, is no longer available. Um, are there yeah, any other da- ones? Damon and Jimmy change. I can't see if that was at thirty-five or three thousand. Damon and Jimmy were thirty-five hundred here. Nope, that's the same. Stays the same. Okay. 
Yeah, the only thing I yeah the only thing I'm noticing on this side is not necessarily any changes, but just some teams dropped off of the list. Uh, wait, the Ryan's here. Were they on there before? Or oh, they were fifty five hundred. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, same thing here. I'm looking at my big shot. The the Zuswedas are very enticing to me. Um, I, I have to see a little bit more from Dave Sutton before I hop on that train. So Jimmy Frazier, he's he's an upward, you know, a path Trend. right now. Mm-hmm. So whatever we see from Dave Sutton is probably going to change this line. So if Dave Sutton starts coming out, throwing lights out and just, um, you know, shocking the world a little bit, expect that line to change down. So you might be able to get in right now for your best money on people like Tom G and Nico, you know, Dave Sutton, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Frazier, stuff like that at the bottom. That's where I'm going to keep my eyes eyes out. Um, Another person, our team that I've been speaking highly of lately, Alan Rawls and Chris Kingsbury. uh, I'm all about the path that they're on right now. Cool. All right. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with Mindset with Mish and we'll take it from there. All right. We are back with our uh, last remaining part of our show and uh, we don't have any highlights like Wally said because we're all caught up in the opens. We'll get some good clips uh, this coming weekend in uh, Winter Haven. But um, to kind of fill our time, um, you know, one of the things that I love to do is talk about the mindset. We all know it's a mental game. I was listening to the radio. They were talking about how golf obviously is a mental game and why it's a mental game. And I just wanted to be like, just like cornhole. Like, why are <laughs> why are we not on the same level as golf? Like in people's minds, like people look at cornhole and be like, oh, it's just a stupid backyard game you drink. But like, why are we not there with golf? It's about longevity and sponsorship money. And right now, golf has both of those on Cornhole. So <laughs> give us time. We'll get to the certain point where we can get the notoriety on it and people start talking about it a little bit more. I, I think the one thing that we're starting to see now is a lot of different people are popping out in uh, different news outlets. And, you know, they're getting interviewed. I saw Lexi's, mm-hmm. you know, news segment the, the other day. That was pretty cool. Um, so the more and more that we start getting publicity, yeah, we'll start getting the money and people start taking it. But, I think all sports kind of transcend the message you're about to deliver as far as the mindset's a huge part of it. Yeah, but cornhole more because there's time, right? So, yeah. you know, other sports don't have the time um, element that we do. It's it's reactionary where ours is you have time to think, which can get pretty dangerous. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about today in the mindset section was actually a question I got in uh, my monthly coaching call that I think is really kind of pertinent to, it actually kind of piggybacks off what we talked about last time. But a lot of people ask me, like, how do I get started in routines that are going to help me? And I think in cornhole, at least as far as I can see, getting the practice in isn't really an issue. People tend to get plenty of time with bags. Um, I don't know many people have to force themselves to get out and throw bags. That tends to be the easiest part of the equation, whether it's going and competing or just going out in your backyard. Um, people love the game, so they're not really struggling to get the hours in unless they just don't have the hours. But the part that people, are, I, th- I think, are struggling with is all the other important pieces, whether they don't know what to do to strengthen the mental side of their game or they're not carving that time out the way they are throwing bags. And it's equally, if not more important, in my opinion, especially once you get to a certain level. At that point, you're just getting reps in, but you really got to strengthen the mental game. And so one of the questions I got was, how do you get started? Now, she was talking about health and fitness, but it's all the same. Trying to create this routine. Um, and the hardest part is just getting started. And what I was telling her was, um, the first thing you have to do is carve out the time on your schedule. And then you don't even have to do the thing 
with the time. Like baby step one is just saying, for example, every morning from eight to 10, I'm going to do things to help strengthen my mental game or to make me feel better or to take care of myself, like whatever you want to call that time. It's just literally putting it on the calendar and saying like, that's what this time is for, which means that that time is not for working, whatever else you do to fill that time that takes away from you doing the things that, you know, make you feel best watching TV, mindlessly scrolling on your phone. Like that stuff can wait until after this chunk of time that you've carved out, which could be 20 minutes. It could be two hours. It doesn't actually matter. Then what matters is the consistency of the time. Yeah, so, so once you stick to your own word, whatever you say you're going to do, make yes. sure you actually do. But it doesn't actually matter what you do within that time block. It's just that you've carved it out to do it. anything other than what you were doing before. Right. <laughs> so that's like, and then in the beginning, you might not even use that time block to do that thing. You, It's like a baby step is just saying, I'm going to carve out that time. And then when the time comes, you're like, okay, now's the time I'm supposed to X, Y, Z. Do I feel like doing that? Yes or no. So it's, it's literally just posing the question. It's putting that at the top of your awareness. You can say no, because the one thing that will kill all motivation discipline is removing autonomy. The minute you take away your free choice, you will resist, 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 no matter how good it is for you. So you always have to give yourself the option of like, okay, it's that time that I've carved out to do the things that make me feel best and are most successful. Do I feel like doing those things? Yes or no. And then go with that. It won't so, take long. So, for example, I have that. 3 p.m. today. Make excuses to not do things. So that's good <laughs> because I have a lot in a certain time. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and yeah. so you you want to carve, and I like to call it self care time or taking care of myself time, whatever you want to call it. And then the next thing you do is, or even previous to that, is you make a list of all the things that you know will help you be most successful to use that time. So it could be working out. It could be meditating. It could be journaling. It could be um, visualizing. Simple thing for me today, just drink water, you know, drink water. So consciously walking over to the fridge, filling up a glass of water, sitting down, drinking it. Um, It could be for me, like I can use that time to write music, play guitar. And it doesn't even have to be specific. All of these things will help you in your cornhole game because the happier and and more content and the better you feel, the better your game will be. So I know it sounds silly, like why would playing guitar help me in cornhole? But it does because it puts you in your body. Well, it, it breeds success. I mean, so that's one of the things that uh, I basically learned with Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University as well as 75 Hard is it doesn't matter how big the goal is. Just make sure you put a goal down, accomplish the goal, even if it's something small, and then you start feeling like, okay, I've succeeded at this. Uh, we talked yes. earlier about me making my bed. I woke yes. up and I made my bed. I've already accomplished something today. So I'm breeding success for the rest of the day. So yes. Yeah. That's what feels good is doing something that was different than what you were doing. Mm-hmm. What feels the worst is the autopilot. Like I just keep doing the same things. And every day I tell myself, why do I keep doing these things when I know this would be better? Like that's what makes you feel crazy. Yeah. So doing literally anything else consistently is going to be really helpful. And then once you get into the habit of like, this is my time to do my things like this, then you can be more like, okay, now strategically, what makes me a better cornhole player? It really helps when I meditate or it really helps when I journal or it really helps when I exercise. Like then you can start getting more like specific into what you choose, but every day you still have the option to choose. So you might say the night before, 
tomorrow during that time, I'm going to work out. And if you wake up and you're like, man, all I want to do is like create a fun playlist for like playing cornhole later, then yeah. you do that, right? Like you, you follow intuition. Okay. So is our goal here to create habits, healthier habits, or is our goal here to create small successes? It's kind of both that, but the only habit you need is to carve out the time. So like, that's your right, time. Okay. That's the only habit you need to create. What you do with that time is irrelevant, which is where the small wins part comes in because it doesn't actually matter what you do with that time as long as you're not doing the things you were doing with that time because that's what you already know doesn't work. We already know because yep. you're, you're already having the thoughts of, can I please stop doing that? <laughs> so you already know that doesn't, that doesn't work and that's fine. So literally you do anything else with that time and the things that most people do when they waste time is any kind of mindless activities um, or work like because work is productive. So it's really easy for us to do that in more time. And it's a good way to numb out because we're like, Oh, you have to work. And then the other one is going to be any kind of mindless activities like scrolling on your phone, watching TV, like all that has a place in your day, but not during this time. So gotcha. that's what I wanted to get out today, but I think we are out of time. So run with that and uh, see how it works for you and let me know. And that's all we got time for for the show. Thanks, Mish. Yep. You got it.